0: Hola, hola, welcome to the Bruja broadcast. This is Dion.
1: And Sasha. Join us today as we serve up some
0: Brujeria Latina with a side of astrology. And herbology, bundled with some stories and sass. Hola, hola, welcome back. Hola! <laughs> today we are going to be talking about scrying. Just kind of a little bit overall, and then probably a little bit more about mirror. And obsidian and water. We'll just see where where it takes us.
1: (laughs) But we wanted to do scrying because um, I personally have had some experience with it. And and for me, even what I haven't done, it's very common back home. And so we just wanted to start there because it is a practice that I think is not used as often here. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I feel like like the Black Mirror, yeah.
1: I think it's talked about more for the Black Mirror, but I don't think like the water one is used that much. And I don't think that... um, yeah, I don't think like the water one is used that much.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I do think though it's a really um I was telling Sacha kind of before we started recording here. It's something I used to do in uh back when I was a little bit younger. I it really fosters a connection to your intuition and to like really pulling out information like connected to yourself. So I think practicing and and scrying really helps is just kind of develop your own like Intuition, I I guess. Heighten it, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think for me, especially since I'm not really, I'm not really given to like meditation or yoga or any of these, you know, um, calm your horses down activities, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm too hyper. Um, I think it it feels different, but still, because you do have to get into a trance state. Yeah. So it feels different for me than trying to achieve a trance state by like meditation, for example because i don't squirrel mind so much oh nice Be- because i'm i'm like focused on a purpose right? right which is like looking at this object or trying to decipher something out of this object and then that's like really focused versus when you're meditating you're kind of like oh yeah i'm gonna empty my mind oh i forgot to pick up the laundry oh i wonder how many minutes i've come up <laughs> and then your squirrel mind just goes all over totally. the place and then you start oh I, I messed up. I got to start again. Let me count from 100 down, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and then you get to 91 and you're back. I, I mean, literally, I've had to start 15, 16 times because I can't do it. So I'm not naturally given to meditation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then like the times that I have gone deep enough, like I once fell asleep like in a yoga class. Right. So this is it's a frustrating theme for me. I got gotcha. you. So scrying. Yeah. Is like it's something it's one of the few ways that I can actually achieve these deeper trances. Mm-hmm without it seeming difficult for me Mm -hmm. and I think it's because there's this um objective of looking at the at the bowl of water or at the obsidian or whatever the mirror and and you know you're going to decipher something out of it and I think that helps me a lot
0: that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah definitely one of the things that I've learned working in trance states is the easiest way to get yourself to a trance state is focusing on a singular object. So like that's exactly what I'm explaining yeah. in less elegant words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> so that's cool. So let's talk a little bit about scrying. What do we know? Where did it come from?
0: So we know um, as far as the word, it comes from a Latin word and it means to reveal. We do know um, that scrying was written about, you know, pre-Bible, pre-BCE, uh, there are writings, and I'm talking about specifically on the other side in Europe. So um, there are writings in like Babylonia and Persia, uh, scrying into a cup or oil and water with flour, which I don't have a lot of information on that. I just kind of came upon the um, the flour usage in the oil and water. So I am going to probably research that a little bit more. It sounds cool. pretty cool. And then um, the most famous um, scryer probably is going to be Nostradamus. Sure. Um, And also, like, relating it to, and, like,
1: one of the reasons that we think that it's so common, like, in Latin America, because in in our history, and our roots, like, the Aztecs would scry on obsidian tablets, right? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, over on our side, um, in the Americas, black obsidian, there was an abundance of that, and that dark reflective surface provided, like, the, you know, path to figure out mysteries for them.
1: Right. I think that that was like something really cool. And also the other way that we scry is with rivers. And mm-hmm. you go to the river on a dark night, hopefully on a, like a dark moon or a new moon where you don't have a lot of the reflection of the moon and you just look into the water and the river speaks to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that, you know, having an abundance of rivers yeah. <laughs> also helped for that to to happen.
0: You say, so in Puerto Rico, like, is it mostly in the moving water? i'd say that most people that do scrying do
1: it in water bowls Mm -hmm. but you've collected the water you've blessed it consecrated and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's not like tap water or anything like that it's like spring water or river water so it's it's felt like that water is like fresca and pure and it's going to be able to transmit a better message gotcha and you want to use a dark bowl um i don't know why i've got like this little thing that's gotten into me that like could we have an obsidian bowl but usually what i've seen are copper bowls Mm -hmm. but i've been thinking like could we get a bowl that's an obsidian and then put water in it that should be really good yeah that would so i'm gonna be doing some etsy hunting (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be doing some etsy hunting they're ready for
0: you out there (laughs) they are
1: ever ready to take my money (laughs) so we'll see um yeah so the tablets the obsidian tablets the rivers the bowls Mm -hmm. there are also um techniques of scrying which are with fire just like looking at the fire embers Mm -hmm. looking at the fire um flames and the smoke and the smoke one which i personally do um i wouldn't say often but i probably do it a few times a year Mm -hmm. i sit down and i actually scry with smoke i love it um it's just a very easy technique you just grab a piece of paper and you can you know a candle that you've set the intention that she's going to respond for a question for you and you put the paper on top of the candle with your oh, eyes closed right, yeah. yeah and then you just dance around on top of the flame try not to catch it on fire mm-hmm. and then you think of your question and then when you open your eyes the smoke has drawn a message on your piece of paper and then you interpret that piece of paper i have a whole journal where i that technique i use that technique so I, what i do is i um um, after I've done it I look at it I can kind of feel what I'm thinking and I write on the back I write the date I write what the question was and what my interpretation was because if not you look at it you know even two right. weeks or three weeks later you just see a bunch of smoke scribble you are know, like now so I like to put like what it is or what I saw in it and I actually write it like where I saw it I'm like oh I saw this here I saw this here and um I I think it's I love it I love it as a divination technique for myself and mm-hmm. for like I, so far I've only done it to clarify questions for myself versus like a tarot read or something like that. Um, And then the person that I would go to in Puerto Rico for readings or for advice was somebody that would um, combine water scrying with tarot reading. Oh, great. Yeah.
0: That's very cool.
1: And so usually they would start off with, and they're, they're focused more on the water, mm-hmm. and then they would use the tarot for like clarification. Yeah. So yeah, so like I've been used to seeing that often, and I like it. Nice. And then, so the ones at the the um that worked in for Queen Elizabeth the mm-hmm. first, and she, was, she had a professional astrologer, and she had and he brought in a uh, a squire. Okay. And they had some controversy later on. So when's uh, Queen Elizabeth the first? Just a quick she's question. She's like sorry. late 1500s, early 1600s. Do okay, cool. you want me to Google it? Oh yeah. no. Um, yeah because her dad was up to like 1538 or something okay. like that then it took like i don't know a couple of years of war for her to get nominated like yeah, 20 yeah. or something so she's like late 1500s early 1600s yeah the she had edward kelly and john d and they were you know so they they have their own complicated history and it's really interesting to li- read about them Ooh. like yeah like weird some people think they're quacks or whatever but obviously you know that everything that's like political and like yeah. Tutor related because that was a tutor. Oh, yeah. English was all like cheese me. Mm. So they have a bunch of stuff going on. But back to this. Um, they would work with crystal ball. Cheese and, me is and, gossip. Um, <laughs> um, they would work with a crystal ball and um, obsidian tablet. And so those articles are at the British Museum in London, which oh. is a beautiful museum. It's seven store, four, seven floors. It's wonderful. Incredible. Yeah. So John Dee was called the Wizard of England. Okay. And so, yeah. And they have... A bunch of things like they discovered the in enochian language alphabet like the in- like the alpha the, uh, the language of the angels oh enoch, e- oh, enoch. oh yeah yeah here. yeah so they're the ones that discovered it and penned it and whatever interesting i bet there's a bunch of weird stuff <laughs> there's a that, bunch of yeah, weird yeah. stuff there yeah yeah cool Wife yeah. swapping and the whole thing but <laughs> <laughs> they they were you know they were they were very royal and so but you know their partnership was well established for almost a decade, and they worked together like astrologer and magical scryer. Interesting. So, yeah, it was interesting. Um, then we also had the, you mentioned that in the Persian up times that they had reference to like, the, the chalice, cups, yeah. the chalice. And then obviously, when we got to the Victorian um, age, is when they started with the whole um, mirrors, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like the whole, have you played Bloody Mary? No.
0: I know not to. <laughs>
1: So that's scrying. Yeah. That's scrying. Obviously, you never stick around to actually scry because you go into the black room, you look into the mirror, saying Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary three times. Yeah. And then you just run out, like, screaming your head off. I also don't talk about Candyman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that is based on scrying, right? Right. You're looking in the mirrors. So originally, you would work with um, glass, and then the mirrors didn't, the reflective surface of mirrors before you would look at yourself, like, what, in, like, obsidian or in the river or in something like that but like or in polished metals you Mm -hmm. know but they weren't like clear-cut reflections like a mirror was right that wasn't discovered until i think it was almost like 200 years ago it's not that long ago right and so and that's sort of the time of the victorian age so the mirrors were like whoa you know and this is and obviously not like everybody had one so it became like the fascination and I know that there was like the the Halloween tradition where the women would go in, they would look in the mirror, they would ask to Oh, I know like what you're who talking the about. who they were going to marry. Yeah. And then if they would look into it and it was supposedly at midnight. And uh-huh. I mean it makes total sense because it's sound It's you know, it's when the veil is the thinnest, right. you're communicating with spirits. It's like super easy. And so it makes total sense that it would actually work and then it becomes like a popular trend and everybody's, you know, nowadays, you know, that would be the TikTok version, right? (laughs) (laughs) Look into the mirror and, you know, I'll tell you who you're going to marry. So it, I I mean, it makes total sense. And then the people, we get freaked out and mirrors are, that's why like mirrors become
0: like portals
1: and, or, or become known as portals, but it's because Spirits can be seen through them as well as you can see them. So they are in essence that portal. Mm -hmm. And then when you're scrying, what are you doing? You're using spirit to communicate and to be able to give you visions of what is to come. Right. So that's why it makes it an effective divination tool. Then there's also the scrying with crystal balls. Mm -hmm. And then lots of the crystal balls would be like quartz, right? but the quartz and when you think of like anything that's like a rock it it always has it not it's impurities but it's lines and it's you know Mm -hmm. what do do they call them but i know what you're saying you you know when when you're gonna buy when you're gonna buy rocks the rock girl's like look at this whatever inside and i forget the name of what that is i know what you're saying but it makes
0: like a different pattern zigzags patterns right
1: and so those are actually striation. I don't know. I, that's not the word. Okay. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like when my girl's trying to sell me crystals. And beautiful... They, they go, It has a beautiful something. I forgot the word. Okay. Crap. <laughs> um, but that would actually make it better for glass to be used for scrying rather than okay. crystals. Because the crystals having those fault lines, I guess, or whatever, will it's like cloud scrying, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to look at shapes and then your mind is going to go off to try to identify things that you can give it a meaning Mm -hmm. versus if it's like a blank, like glasses, whatever comes through is more likely to be like a message. Right. Because you, there's nothing for you to grab on and create it. Okay. Mm -hmm, Right. Same thing. Like when people scry looking just directly like into dark water, Versus people that scry looking into dark water and take their wand and then move it and then they're scrying the movement of the water. Right. So there's like one, one would seem easier because when you have the movement, the ripples, that's gonna bring, it's like when you're looking at the fire, the the way, the flames and everything, it's just gonna, or when you're scrying in clouds, it just, it has shapes. It so brings it kinda, up imagery it, for it you. It brings up imagery for you. And so I think that that is more of a way for intuition to be developed which you mentioned Mm -hmm. and for you to use your own inner voice to like get to that answer yes versus when it's blank like the black mirrors because the black mirrors are basically crystal with a reflective covering of paint on top right before it was aluminum and then it was silver and now we can just do black paint right and then just mirror paint Yeah. yeah and so um so I think that, or when you're looking at water that's still, that mm-hmm. hasn't been moved, I think that it just, it allows more of a message, a divination message. And that's why, like Nostradamus, we were mentioning, and he, all his predictions were futurist, mm-hmm. and he, what he used was a cup of water, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. That's like my opinion. I'm not a professional scryer. <laughs> I do scry a little bit, but I'm not dedicated to scrying. So, And I really haven't tried that many methods of scrying to be able to compare. But like off the top of my head, right, that's kind of what I think.
0: I have an, an obsidian mirror. It's like actually just a large chunk of obsidian with a flat space mm. in it. Um, So it's not completely reflective. So I do like a soft gaze trance. Mm-hmm. So just softly gazing into it, like really... Almost closing your eyes, Um, and because it's not a flat exact mirror, it like the shapes change in it, and so it's 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 different than working with but uh, like working with a lab created mirror. Mm -hmm. Since it's a reflective obsidian, there's always going to be something. That makes like a it curve. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so, I think yeah. that's
1: what I like about bowls. Yeah. You, and what we use in Puerto Rico is mostly bowls because they have that cone cuff shave. So mm-hmm. there's going to be areas that are going to be darker than others, you know? Speaking of that soft gaze, I think that, you know, when you're going to scry, there's a couple of steps. Pretty basic ones, but there's a couple of steps. Do you want to start with that? Because I think oh, the yeah. soft gaze is the first one.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, F- figure out your question figure out ah, your intention true, true. always true, true.
1: <laughs> have we not talked about intention here before
0: <laughs> so you're gonna want to start with your question um, and then i, I will recommend it like a place that you can relax in because soft focus means you are relaxing you're relaxing your eyes you're relaxing your bodies so make sure that you know you're not expecting someone to come knocking on your door or um yeah just like a quiet place where you know you're going to be alone for a couple of minutes that's and then yeah and uh I, like any tool i personally
1: believe that all tools should have been consecrated and cleansed before yes charged um especially when you're using um tools with the intention of magic or divination they should have gone through that process and you can do that easily like if it's the obsidian glass or if it's a mirror or whatever you know it's just Consecrating is just telling it what your purpose is and then cleaning it with, you know, water, Florida Mm -hmm. water, holy water, whatever, smoke, smoke, whatever, and then charging it, you know, not moon.
0: (laughs) So maybe under a dark moon would be cool. Oh, yeah. to, To like make it darker. Do you take any extra steps to protect yourself while you're scrying? Besides normal shielding? Yeah. So I would... Oh, yeah. So any... St- what steps do you take to protect yourself? So I would do shielding and I would
1: probably do... Um, I put some turmaline underneath my feet. Nice. And oh, then, that's a good one. Yeah. Especially anything... Anytime that I'm going to do anything that seems, you know, medium-shippy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, spirit And then I, I... Spirit, not like spirit, the universe spirit, but spirit's like, you know, old grandma talking to them. Yeah. Um, I do... Um. I do tourmaline underneath my feet like to like grab hold of me like my body mm-hmm. and then depending on how deep it's going to be like if we're going to be doing this all night and you know we're doing playing you know scrying games and, <laughs> and let's talk to the spirits and all that then I'd probably do a black circle of salt but if not if it's just like a couple minutes and to see what comes through it would just the line. nice yeah um be anchored that's what that's the way I visualize it like I'm anchoring myself to the, the earth
0: mm-hmm and, um, and then for me, after that, it's just um, bringing on a soft trance, which is very softly gazing. Uh, I also suffer from squirrels in my head, so I really try to fixate on one specific point and let my vision change, and then after that, I kind of open it back up to like more of the scene of the room. I don't know if that sounds. It's a weird wonky and obviously make sure that it's really dark yes when you're working yeah, yeah. Mean, if you can be like
1: in a closet even better and there was this guy that that i read about that he he wasn't known for scrying he was known for like past lives mm-hmm. no therapy sorry don't mean to move the <laughs> podcast um but he he created a closet and you know he just created this cause and he would have they had the mirror and everything was dark all the furniture was like black and he like he it. It wasn't shelling because, you know, it didn't exist. But he basically just lots of pattern and cloth on the walls to make it all super dark, super cozy, and nesty. And it was a closet, mm-hmm. so it wasn't really big. And he had, like, the chair and the mirror. And then he would, like, people would sit there to be able to turn to contact and yes. go scry. Yes.
0: Yeah. That sounds Creepily
1: fantastic. I mean, it reminds me of your office. Totally does. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, how can I when even... I, <laughs> when I went to your office, I'm like, this place is a crying place. <laughs> and she's like, it's hypnosis. I'm like, okay, yeah, same concept. <laughs> Going inside to the egg and, you know, getting lost in there. So, yeah.
0: You don't need a lot of external stimuli. You got to bring it all the inside. A little float tank. I think float... I have not tried oh, float tank. Man. Have you done it? No,
1: but I am... Yeah, I mean, I'm-, I'm... I'm thinking that float tank would probably be a good place to because i mean one of the things that you're trying to do when you do the whole soft gaze and be in a darkest place is to um eliminate those other stimuli Mm -hmm. and so float tanks absolutely absolutely maybe we just got to talk to somebody that owns a float tank and then put a little mirror on the top of the tank
0: creeps me out i don't know why i'm so afraid of mirrors (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay put we're a, probably gonna
0: take that out we'll
1: we'll we'll put an obsidian tablet on the That's top of the better. <laughs> there we go and the whole interior part of that capsule that they close right, oh yeah they close it right yeah so sort of like suntanning things mm-hmm. filled with water so that whole thing they just have to layer it with obsidian that would be like a kick-ass crying. That would be super cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we got we got to call okay. all these float yes. places. <laughs> we need
0: investors now.
1: We got to call these um, these
0: float places. and Just get the idea off there. I think we're we're good, right? Yeah. Um. So let's see. Oh, I think it's very smart. So when you are learning how to induce trance and you start becoming comfortable in trance, just um, because a lot of people go into trance and mm. fall out very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Which is what happened with the whole Bloody Mary thing. Or when the people were looking for um, the, the husband in the mirror, right? That they start scrying. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they see something, they turn around or they oh, run out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And so that breaks that scrying. Right. Versus if you continued and made yourself continue and stayed there, then they wouldn't break the scrying. You would get the message.
0: Yes, exact. So be, um, practicing trance, practicing staying in trance, practicing becoming... Uh, or being aware when you are in trance and not letting that scare you is a very important uh, thing to build, I guess, right. in scrying. And then um, after that is uh, another extremely important tool of scrying is going to be your pen and paper for afterwards to really write down. I
1: actually prefer recording. Oh, really? Yeah, so just like not somewhere where you can grab it, but like leave a recording device on and then when you are scrying, speak out loud, like, oh, I see this, I see this. Because you, when you start writing, mm-hmm. I think it's very similar to like dream state, right? You wake up and even if you have a dream journal right next to you and you start writing, it, 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 it escapes really quickly yeah, yeah. and it's hard to grasp onto it. And so I think that you would get much more of a message if you record it. Okay. And, you know, you talk while you're recording. Mm-hmm you just describe everything you see out loud and whatever because later you're not going to remember it
0: yes i completely agree with that but should you not be able to record make sure you're writing down everything right have the have
1: the journal ready so that you just grab it and start writing and
0: especially the things that don't make sense because the things that make sense you're going to hold on to the things that don't you get lost faster Mm -hmm. but yeah but recording super smart i think recording would be the best yeah Yeah, absolutely
1: and then you can because i i mean i think when you come out of the trance you're a little so weird. It's, it's a weird state. It's not, it's not tired, but it's not there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's not present.
1: Yeah. And so I think that writing in that state is fine, but even if writing, then you don't need to, you can't analyze that at that time. You need to analyze it later. So I like the recording. You just, you know, finish, you leave, you ground yourself, you eat something, you come back to earth. And then when you go back to the recording, you see it
0: from a, okay, analytical, I'm here. Let me see what the message was. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, just make sure that when you are inducing these trance states and you are, um, you know, getting your questions answered or you're receiving messages, that you have a way to get those answers into your like normal reality state because you're going to be a little bit altered while you're doing the scrying. Because you can go back and visit it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. And happy scrying. Yeah. And don't run off.
1: (laughs) Ground yourself. Ground yourself. Protect yourself. And, and know that it's not going to be like
0: super fast like yeah. you, you need to build up it it's sort of is, like it's a, build up, defin- it's it's a resistance it's a thing
1: of yep. course like all yeah okay
0: so if you want to roll right into astrology
1: i'll try i'll try i haven't really looked at it what are we doing july 17th through the 31st right gosh
0: yes mm-hmm.
1: end of july okay i mean the good thing is the sun's going to be out here in the northern hemisphere yay that's, a good, that's the end of the good news no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> not,
0: uh, not shocked by that at all not shocked i mean
1: <laughs> Transits are here to help us grow. We're in our, you know, play with our natal chart and help us find our fated path. I
0: don't even feel your belief in that here. <laughs> I don't even feel that. They're here to help us grow. She's like, no, this is gonna hurt.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna hurt. Okay, um, okay. So the seventeenth. One thing that I noticed in in these two weeks in general when I was writing down the different transits is that Mercury's going to be very active but very contentious, right? So he's going to be doing, like, all the things that, you know, he's not going to be like, happy, happy, let's go look him, you know, talk happiness. No, he's going to be, like, doing a bunch of weird things. Um, But Mercury's going to be trining Neptune that day and the sun is also going to be trining Neptune. Um, So the trine is a benefic um aspect minor it's subtle you don't really feel it that much but you have mercury which is how you communicate and the sun which is how you perceive yourself to be Mm -hmm. and they're both trining neptune which is all about the fairy tale and the sort of like not clear borders the what's going on (laughs) like you know you're floating kind of um aspect so like i said it's not it's not a bad day it's mm-hmm. just like not a really clear day it's okay. like you know um venus goes into cancer that day as well which will kick up the um like maternal feelings the, i want to have stability i want to create my my, my god i want to create my home mm-hmm. i want to really like cement everything that has to do with that lineage inner child ma- everything maternity and so forth so, like that whole like Oh, you know the mother definitely the mother stage of venus expression okay then on the 18th mercury has an opposition to neptune and that leads to confusion remember neptune is that blurry guy yeah and mercury is all about communication uh-huh. so if communication is blurry what do you get miscommunication confusion right then on the 19th mercury goes into leo okay so that makes them like a little more active and oh let's have fun let's create these plans let's do something creative so it's really good like if you're writing a book you're gonna have like really good juicy creative flow um if you're just planning stuff you're gonna be like over the top like if you're planning a wedding you're gonna be like and we'll have the booth and we'll have this and we'll have this and it's just like (laughs) you know all right um but at that same day the sun is going to be up on doing an opposition to neptune remember the pretty close. So obviously the Mercury had the opposition the day before the sun has it the next day. And that leads to a little bit of intensity to not, not knowing exactly what is real. So it's like a little bit of that, like I'm off floating in the air and believing things that, you know, aren't really going to happen. Um, and then Chiron goes retrograde. So we can talk about that at a different time, but you all know Chiron is our wounded healer, mm-hmm. right? And so it's all about trauma and healing and like past lives and all that, you know, extra stuff. And then the 20th, so, 20... sorry, in yeah. retrograde, does that mean it slows down then? It's everything that happens in retrograde. So what happens? So if in Chiron you are normally, depending on the aspects that it's playing, if it's when it's not in retrograde, it helps you realize what your wounds are. Oh, okay. When it goes into retrograde, oh. it, it's more internalized. So you might not be recognizing it. You might be playing with self doubt or you might be like okay. believing your traumas and like, you know, okay. And that really gets highlighted, um, a little bit like further towards the end of the month and then 20th and 21st, I don't have anything written down. It doesn't mean nothing's happening. It just means it's just moon aspects and I don't talk about moon aspects because they change every few hours and we would go crazy trying to cover them then the sun goes into leo on the 22nd which is nice you know leo is that vibrant you know stage stealing thunder flamboyant dramatic energy creativity it's the house of children it's the house of fun it's the house that created sex you know pleasure is um and orgasms are in scorpio but the house that created sex itself like the fun because of because of it's fun and because it procreates is leo right mm. so it's warm. It's hot. It's summer. It's like whoa, you know. Let's go slip and slide on the water or whatever. And so that's the energy of Sun and Leo, which is great, you know. Then Mercury trines Jupiter on the twenty third. Jupiter's the expander. Mercury is all about communication, so it's just talking big. It's like showing, showing, showing off kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Then on the twenty fourth, um, Venus squares Jupiter, so I mean, out of challenging aspects that exist, this is the best bad one. Okay. (laughs) Because it's a square, squares are always going to be a little challenging, but Jupiter's the expansion and Venus is all about like security, budget, home, relationships, and so forth. So it doesn't initially look that bad, except obviously if you're having problems in your relationship, Jupiter comes in and expands it okay if you're not doing bad then it's just like hey we got to get our shit organized or we got to focus on ourselves or hey the sun went into Leo you and me we got to flirt again we got to go out we got to have some fun we have to you know focus on ourselves so it just depends on what your life is like hope it's a good one hope it's a good one (laughs) um then the 25th just in case you know if it if it was kind of in the middle and you weren't sure if it was good or not the 25th is going to clear it up for you <laughs> because um Juno goes retrograde and Juno is an asteroid but it's the asteroid that controls marriage and relationships so she's going retrograde so all the unspoken issues pop up in relationships yeah. okay so Unspoken, they might be good, they might be bad. <laughs> Just depends on your relationship. Usually, not so good because we usually tend to sweep under the rug the stuff we don't want to deal with. Yes, but for some people, it's more challenging than for other people. Okay, then it gets a little more intense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the twenty-six <laughs> Venus um, goes conjunct with Black Lilith. Um, so Venus is all like I've mentioned: budget, relationships, home. Foundations, your, your your values, just looking pretty, all those things are included there. But it's also obviously the sign of women, right? And Black Lilith is the empowerment of women through their sexual energy, mm-hmm. okay? So when you bring these two things together, they're in conjunct, right? But knowing um, that Mercury is going to be squaring Venus, so Mercury's about communication, so it's talking about all these things, there's gonna be like a confrontation, right? About like what your values are, what you need to be done um so I would expect that day to see lots of um problems with women's rights gender equality and just um just in general all the shit (laughs) all the things all the things um but it's basically you know it's like what do I believe in and am I gonna fight for it am I gonna go stand up for it am I gonna use my voice for it and then there might be like a a clash so when you have that clash it's like this is what i believe in but i don't know how to express it okay Okay? and then the new moon in leo is 27th to the 28th and this brings in a lighter feeling it's you know it's it's coming in it's just feeling um that same energy that we felt when the sun came in on the 22nd it extends to that 27th and um there might be a little friction in expressing things because mercury is going to be trining chiron and chiron's in retrograde so it's just like difficult for you to express yourself okay and feeling like oh like nobody gets me Mm -hmm. okay then um on the 28th we have jupiter goes into retrograde in Aries. when it finishes its retrograde which is in november it will already be in pisces and then i'll stay in pisces until about february of next year um you will see lots of people trying to go back and finish things that they think will propel them forward so lots of people may be going back to study most people might be like oh i left that project without finishing and that was really the path i should have taken Mm -hmm. you'll see that all i say is just don't gamble during that time so like between july 28th and november 23rd is not a good time for speculative investments for gambling for that kind of thing good to know Mm -hmm. great okay then um mercury uh has an opposition to the to saturn on the 30th that one's kind of a bad day in the sense that mercury is all about talking and right, my communication and then saturn is all about like strictness and it's also the ruler of like depression so um it might be a little bit of like self negative talk and stuff like that okay and then the 31st um uranus conjunct north node Sorry. (laughs) Uranus conjunct north node. Um, this already started and it started like on the 23rd, but it peaks on the 31st. And this is, you know, Uranus has a little bit of an unsettling energy. It just wants you to like shake you up. Mm -hmm. And the north node is what you're supposed to be learning while you're in this lifetime. It's like your fate. It's what you're supposed to be learning. So it's like you feel unsettled. You feel like things are moving underneath you. And it's this Uranus energy pushing you to what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. This might not feel comfortable, but in the end, it's positive. Cool. Okay. And then at the same time, Venus is squaring Chiron. Oh. well, I mean, it's yeah, unsettling yeah. energy, right? <laughs> so it's like those relationships, your own self-worth coming in through the lens of your trauma. Okay. Right. And then the Oy, sun, yeah. That's heavy. It is very heavy. So that day, it's just like, that day, we feel the peak there, okay? Um, we have a couple, like, Ceres is also going to be going into retrograde, which is, um, no, Ceres is um, going to be aligning with the sun, which is good for, like, self-care and finding out, but that's what we have, like, through the end of that month. Excellent. Yeah, it's a little, like, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, Emotionally. Yeah. Not like you know and I do expect because of that Venus Black Lilith conjunction with about the women's rights and like um you know, Aries still Jupiter still being in Aries and there I do, do expect a little bit of like a lot of communication and that Mercury, all those difficult difficult aspects with Mercury, like a lot of like contention like through communication, right? Okay. But it not really hitting the mark. Gotcha. Like, oh we did this, but You're not understanding it right right kind of thing and then the other person oh I understand it perfectly clearly and then you're just doing it to do this right right so just a little bit of contention there that's kind of what I see in those two weeks
0: excellent thank you very much you're welcome okay today for plants and herbology I'm going to talk a little bit about aloe the or it's aloe or Sabila so Sabila is actually the name comes from the word Saber in Arabic which means patience so the aloe vera plant is going to be a feminine plant. It's associated with the moon, the element, water. Magically, it's associated with protection and luck. Medicinally, it's an emollient. It promotes healing. It's an anti-inflammatory, an antibacterial, and a laxative. It's most often going to be used. It treats burn wounds, like you'll see the aloe vera gel for sunburns, so burn wounds, rheumatism, gastric ulcers, heartburn, and indigestion. So fun facts about aloe. Um, Cleopatra's complexion and beauty was actually attributed to the aloe vera plant. It does come out of, it's a native out of Africa, and because of the medicinal properties, it really spread throughout the New World very quickly, it was cultivated primarily in Barbados. Um, like I said, one of the most highly regarded Mexican, or medicinal plants. It's a favorite of Mexican remedies, um, aloe grows and thrives in the southwest. So not only is it used as a remedy, but it's also used superstitiously as well. You'll see in uh, Mexican homes, I know for sure, like garlic bulbs with fresh aloe cuttings and then pictures of saints um, are pinned to them in these wreaths. And that is like for household, like complete household protection and prosperity. they're really beautiful. So aloe, a popular house plant, super protective. It guards against evil influences. It protects from household accidents. I love things that ward off accidents. In Africa, the aloe is hung over houses and doors to drive away evil. And it's also, as in, um, as well as in Mexico, it's not only to drive away evil, but to also bring in luck and prosperity as well. So it's a low plant with barbed spear shaped leaves. It is a household plant, so it's definitely an easier one to take care of. And depending on, you know, your region, it will th- it, it does grow pretty easily outside as well. So if you don't already have one, they're pretty easy to take care of. They are very beautiful. And yeah, they're going to be uh, protective and prosperity. So definitely great to welcome that into your home. And that is a bit about aloe. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode the week after next. But in the meantime, you can email us at thebrujasbroadcast at gmail.com. For me, Dion, you can find my artwork at lasprimasmaritas.com. Or for booking healing work, I'm at unusualhealing.com. Or sdlunacy on Instagram. Great. And for me,
1: Sasha, you can find me on Facebook with Brujeria 101. And you can all find me on Instagram as brujeria101S. (laughs) Because somebody had the 101. And I also have brujeria101.com. And there we'll have like um, response buttons that you can push to book like palm readings or natal charts and stuff like that.
0: Great. Thank you so much.